Welcome, family. We are so uh, glad to be with you today in the house in Concord. Those of you joining online as well, we want to welcome you. Just came from uh, our softer Sunday, so we kind of we kind of uh, started an experiment at eight o'clock over across the street in Suite 15, and um, trying just just everything that we can to prov- provide opportunities for people. And so we had uh, we had almost a packed house at our softer Sunday, and, and so can we just thank the Lord for that, people that I haven't seen in, in eight or nine months. It was hard. That was hard to preach through, uh, through, the, through tears of just seeing, seeing people. And, and those of you, our online fam, we, are, we love you so much. Um, that service may be for you. You may know somebody that that service would connect with, but regardless, I can't wait to go into this Christmas season just Full on. How many of you uh, received your Christmas card in the mail? Anybody? Several of you? No, not all of those have gone out. So if you didn't receive that, don't be like, well, the pastor doesn't love me. They, they haven't gone out yet in different zip codes and all of that. Or, or you might not be on our mailing list. So make sure you, you, you get on that app. But basically, um, this is for you. And it's for people around you. Um, our, our lead story designer, Pastor Philip. Um, he just meant this. He, he threw a uh, card on my office. It was several weeks ago, and it was just, it was just a prototype. That's all he meant it. And, uh, but in that card was a picture of he and his family and a handwritten note, and it just said uh, this. The opening line was, 2020 has been a crazy year, but maybe Christmas can bring us some hope. And there's a picture of his family and his three beautiful kids, and I'm just having a moment in my office. I'm like, somebody thought of me today. You know, it was just, it was amazing. So, so we want to not only provide you the opportunity to celebrate, we're going to have indoor services, outdoor services, Wonderland is going to be full on, outdoor candlelight Christmas Eve drive-in service right in front of the Wooden Auditorium, uh, the Christmas Carol experience, three amazing Sundays, so indoor, outdoor, online, and we want this to be an opportunity for us to share Jesus with somebody else. And so we provided you uh, four or five, I think, blank cards. That's for you to add uh, a card a personalized card, a handwritten note, and a plate of cookies. Come on. Uh, cookie, cookies will bring, if cookies will bring people to Jesus, you got to get yourself some cookies. So my wife and I are partnering together. I'm writing the notes, and she's breaking the cookies, and I've got ours for our, for our neighbors. But make sure, make sure Christmas is going to be an amazing time at Multiply Church. If you have your copy of God's Word, if you'll take it out and turn to the book of Malachi, Malachi, um, Every time, almost every time I hear Malachi, I'll never forget on this on this stage. Somebody there was a that we were doing a baby dedication, and um, during that baby dedication, the pastor that was holding that baby, the baby's name was Malachi, and the pastor started praying praying over Malici. <laughs> so this is not the this is not the Italian prophet Malici. This is this is. This is Malachi. So Malachi chapter 3. want to continue our series, wind down our series today actually on, uh, on yes to generosity. And you say, Pastor, are you crazy? Why are you preaching on finances during a pandemic? Um, here's why. couple reasons. Number one, I can't, I can't imagine a better time to preach on finances than during a pandemic. I believe that one of the things that we're all doing during this time is we're hitting the reset button and we're finding out in our lives what's really important. 
What do I I really believe? Am I just paying lip service to Jesus or am I all in? And so I I, want to preach to you on finances for that reason. I want to preach to you on finances because with all of my heart, I want you to live in God's best. I want you to live in his covenant promises. I want you to live in his blessing. And I would not be a good pastor if I knew how to handle finances and I didn't teach you. I'm so glad in my life, so thankful as we approach this Thanksgiving season for many things. My top four, number one, I'm thankful that somebody told me about Jesus. How many of you are thankful that somebody told you about Jesus? I couldn't imagine living without Jesus. Number two, I'm so thankful that God in his mercy brought Camden my way. I couldn't imagine life without my wife and my family. Number three, I'm glad somebody told me about the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's an endowment of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the fourth thing is I'm so glad that beginning with my dad, somebody taught me about God's ways of handling money. And it's made a world of difference in the Wither Up household. And I just want to teach you according to God's word. I don't know if you had this moment. I think most of us did. Did you have a moment in the last nine months where your heart just kind of sank financially? You You were staring at the bills or, or in March, you made the mistake of pulling up the stock market and said, I'm never going to retire. That was my moment. Me, me and God just had a moment like, I'm never going to retire. And uh, he didn't seem too concerned about my retirement. But <laughs> like, I'm going to work for God until, until I die or something. Maybe, maybe, that's, the, maybe that's the plan. But, but I'm telling you, I had one of those moments. Maybe you did too. Maybe you did too. And I want to do everything that we can. I believe that if we will lean into what the Lord teaches about our finances, um, that we can live a life that will be free from stress, worry, anxiety, and fear. And how many of those things, so how many of those things come from finances? So, so COVID or not, pandemic or not, whatever we're walking through or not, just some facts of, of where we're at as U.S. Americans when it comes to finances. Number one, the number one cause of, of divorce in America is money fights and money problems. And so if that's true, I want your marriage to be well. I want your, I want your family to be well. And so I want to teach on that for that reason. Only 30% of U.S. households have a long-term financial plan. Only 24% of millennials show signs of basic financial literacy. 39% of Americans would have a hard time covering an unexpected unexpected cash expense of $400. That's one set of tires. At 30, the average millennial student loan debt is 45% of their household income. How many of you know as a society we're, we're in trouble in multiple ways, but we're in trouble financially? You know, the other reason I want to talk to you about money is Jesus talked a lot about money. There are, did you know this? There are 2,350 verses on money in the scriptures. That's twice as many as those devoted to faith and prayer combined. And I just figure that we should talk about what Jesus talks about. 
And so as I'm talking about the principles of God's word, this is not a a, a message of guilt. This is not a message of condemnation. Some of you are going to be like, I'm I'm encouraged because I've been walking through this and I've been doing these things. I want to encourage you to continue to lean into that. Some of you have not been following these principles. Don't hear this as anger or condemnation. Hear this as just God calling you into a better way to live. And so here's how I want to, here's how I want to do this. I want to, I want to start by reading you a story. Can, is, that, is that all right? Can I, can I read you a story? It's 2020. You need a story. You need, you need somebody to read you a story. This is a book called 10 Apples Up on Top. Did anybody read this to your kids growing up? Yes, yeah, several of you, several in the last service as well. And so let me just um, read this book to you, 10 Apples Up on Top. You can follow along on the screen. It starts out with one, one apple up on top, two apples up on top. Look, you, I can do it. Two, look, see, I can do three. Three, three, I see, I see, you can do three, but I can do more. You have three, but I have four. Look, see, now I can hop with four apples up on top. And I can hop up on a tree with four apples up on me. Look here, you two, see here, you two. I can get five on top, can you? I am so good, I will not stop. Five, now six, now seven on top. Seven apples up on top, I am so good. They will not drop. Five, six, seven, fun, fun, fun. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. But see, we are as good as you. Look, now we have seven, two. And now see here, eight on top. Eight apples up, not one will drop. Eight, eight, and we can skate. Look, now we can skate with eight. But nine, but I can do nine and hop and drink. You cannot do this, I think. We can, we can, we can do it too. See, see here, we are as good as you. We are all very good. I think with nine, we all can hop and drink. Nine is very good, but then, come on, and we will make it ten. Look, ten apples up on top. We are not going to let them drop. Look out, look out. I see a mop. I will make the apples fall. Get out, get out, you one and all. Come on, come on, come down this hall. We must not let our apples fall. Out of our way, we cannot stop. We cannot let our apples drop. This is not good. What will we do? They want to get our apples too. They will get them if we let them come. We cannot let them get them. Look out, the mop, the mop, the mop. You cannot stop our apple fun. Our apples will not drop, not one. Come on, come on. Come one, come all. We have to make these apples fall. They must not get our apples down. Come on, come on. Get out of town. Apples, apples up on top. All of this must stop, stop, stop. Now all our fun is going to stop. All our apples are going to drop. And that's just a picture of 2020 right there. And... (laughs) Look, 10 apples on us all. What fun we will not let them fall. And so I I read this to Kate and Anna for years. And I never thought about it this way until several uh, uh, months ago. And we were getting ready for this series. And I thought, you know what what this is? This is a picture of finances in the United States of America. That's what this is a picture is. Uh, Because why? Why? The first half of life. What is the first half of uh, life all about? It's about getting more apples. 
You were 16 and you wanted transportation. You wanted freedom and you had to get a car. So you needed to get a job. You needed some apples to get a car. And then you wanted to graduate so you could get a better job so you could get more apples. And then maybe you went to college to get a better job so you could get more apples. And then you got that job and you wanted a promotion and a raise so you could get more apples. And not just more apples, you wanted more apples than your neighbor because you redid your bathroom, but they redid their bathroom and their kitchen. And so you wanted more apples. They have seven, you need eight and more apples and more apples. And how many of you know this is how this works? Because the more apples I have, the better I feel about myself. And the more apples I have, the, the, the more I can kind of brag and, and do all of these things. And not that there's anything wrong with getting apples, but then what did you discover? You discovered that there were people out there with mops. It was called the IRS. You realized you realize, oh, other people are after my apples too. Do you remember looking at your first paycheck? Do you remember staring at that number there and saying, I worked more than that? That's the, nu- the number up here was the number that I should be taking home. Where's this person with the mop? They're taking my apples. And then you got your paycheck home and you realized the IRS wasn't the only person after your apples. Other people were after your apples, AT&T and Duke Power and, and your mortgage company and all of these people after your apples and YouTube TV because they're going to tell you that it's $50 a month and then you get in there and then they're going to raise it to $80 a month. And they just want everybody, how many of you found in life? Everybody's, everybody's after your apples. And then you had children. And you realize there was no apple draining entity on this planet like having children. Oh, I need, I need diapers, Daddy. I, I, need, I need an allowance, Daddy. I, we haven't eaten in two days, Daddy. Whatever. Like, oh, you just want apples. And, and everybody wants your apples. And, and so get more apples and everybody is after my apples. And then you come to church and now the pastor's after my apples too. Are you kidding me, Pastor? If you know, do you know my week? Do you know how few apples I have? But what, what if, what if? Because I believe that's how the world will teach you to handle money. Get as many apples as you can and keep as many people away from your apples. That's how the world handles money. But what if, what if there was a different way? What if there was a different way? What if there was a kingdom way of handling money? Let's go to Malachi chapter 3. And see what God says. God says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how can we return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how? How are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. And so in this basket are ten apples. One of these is the key. It's the key. It's the golden apple. How many of these apples, pop quiz, how many of these apples belong to the Lord? All of them, good answer. All of these apples belong to the Lord, but this is the special one. This is the tithe. This is the golden apple. And so what the Bible teaches, tithe is just a fancy word. All it means is tenth. 
All it means is 10th. And so for every 10 apples, the first thing that I do is I return the first apple back to God. For every $10 you make, that first dollar is the Lord's. For every $100, that first $10 is the Lord's, and so on. And the Bible teaches that this golden apple, that the removal and return of the tithe, the golden apple unto the Lord, watch this. This is the difference between blessing, I'm giving the golden apple, I'm keeping the golden apple, so my finances are cursed. My finances are blessed, my finances are cursed. My finances are blessed. My finances are cursed. Pastor, is there a prayer that God will not answer? There is because God can't answer prayers that go against his principles. So watch this. If I were to throw myself, is, is God's protection real? Say yes. Is his, is his care for me real? Say yes. But how many of you know if I throw myself off of a cliff, the principle overrides the protection? Does that make sense? Because I've chosen, I've chosen to subject myself to God's laws of gravity. It doesn't mean that God is mad at me. It just means that I've chosen to step into that law and the law of gravity, gravity and my choice overrode his desire to protect me. It's the same with the tithe. If I don't return to the tithe, the tithe to the Lord, I can't pray God bless my finances. God is in heaven saying, I would love to. I want to. I want you to step into and live in all of the Malachi 3 covenant promises, but I can't because your choice to ignore my principle overrides your prayer. Does that make sense? And so what the tithe is, I'm returning this to the Lord and I want to just teach through this. So let me be a good pastor and teach you what the tithe is not. The tithe is not your time. Is serving the Lord good and wonderful and biblical? Yes, but it's not the return of the financial tithe. Tithe is not charitable contributions. I'm happy that you support every, all of the different organizations, whether it's the Red Cross or, or, or my, my personal favorite, uh, come, come cookie time, the Girl Scouts. And I'm happy to support their ministry uh, of the Dosidos. I'm happy, I'm happy to invest my heart in the tagalongs, but that's not the tie. Um, money you're giving to help out relatives is good and wonderful and biblical, but it's not the tithe. Putting kids, your kids in private school is wonderful, but it's not the tithe. Supporting a missionary or a ministry that you have a relationship with is wonderful, but it's not the tithe. The Bible says the 10%, the first 10% goes to your local church, which is the storehouse. And so when you keep the tithe, when you keep the tithe, these things happen in our lives. We're robbing God. Number one, we're robbing God. And I would just ask, how does that affect the rest of the relationship? Those are, those are kind of strong words from the Bible. Like, that's hard, that's hard for me to read, right? Malachi says this, Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how we're, ro how we're rob God, I'm robbing you. How am, I, how am I robbing you? And he says, in tithes and offerings, you're, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. See, if I, if I had a, a business, or if, if Pastor Steve had a business, and I was working for Pastor Steve as an employee, and I'm going through a hard time, and I'm saying, oh, well, Steve won't mind. I'll just take a little, just take a little off the top. I got, I got Christmas to take care of, and, and I got these bills, and, and, and maybe I'll pay it back. But if I'm, 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 like, every week, every week, if I'm robbing him, and he finds out about that, how many of you know that's going to affect the relationship? 
And if I ask him, hey, Steve, could, you, could I have a promotion? I mean, you understand that's not going to go well, right? Because, because I haven't shown that I can be faithful with what I'm entrusted with. So Steve's like, we got something to deal with. I want to promote you. I want to restore the relationship, but first we have to deal with this issue. The second thing is blessing is withheld. Blessing is withheld. Again, not because God's mad at you, but just because we make the choice whether to live in God's blessing in this area or outside of his blessing. Number three, you feel like you can never get ahead. Have you ever felt like that? Say yes. I've felt like that even while I'm tithing sometimes. Anybody ever had, you know what happened when you bought your first home? Here's who moved in with you. Murphy moved in with you when you bought your first home. Do you remember that? You bought your first home and you're like, air conditioner goes out. And you're like, I'm gonna call the landlord. And that phone rings and it's yours. And you made the call and now you gotta pick it up. And the, the storm and the hail damage, now it's your roof. And just you're saving up for something, you're saving up for vacation and you get a flat tire. And you're saving up for this and you wanna redo the bathroom and the hot water heater goes out. Come on, how many of you, how many of you had Murphy move in and, and, and Murphy's out there and Murphy affects, let me adjust the, the scripture to teach it this way. Murphy affects the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous. Like Murphy affects us all, but when we don't return to the, the tithe to the Lord, like Murphy's your roommate. Murphy just moves in. And it's like, I can never, I can never, I can't get ahead no matter what I do. I get a job, I get a promotion, I get more money, and I don't know where the, I don't know where the money is going. That's what happens when we don't tithe. Number four, ideas, ventures, and projects never seem to pan out or yield their fruit. I've got this amazing peach tree in my side yard, and every spring, every spring I get excited. I mean, hundreds of peaches on that on that thing. The blossoms are beautiful and, and all of these peaches and I get excited because I like all things uh, peach, whether it's just the regular peach without the fuzzy skin, I could do without that, but like that or peach pie or peach cobbler or peach jam, like all of that and I get all excited, but every year, every year, I don't get a harvest of those peaches because either pests get them or they fall to the ground or, or the deer get them. And, and sometimes we feel like that in life of, uh, we get all excited about a new opportunity a new job, a, a new business venture, a, a new I'm going to step out, and it never seems to come to fruition. But this is what happens when we live under the blessing of the tithe. And here's what I want you to do. Again, if you've been, if you've been honoring the Lord with the tithe, I want you to just have a moment, have a moment as you're writing these things down and say, God, thank you. And I step into this covenant. And again, maybe you're not there yet. God's grace is here for you today. And I would encourage you to just say, man, could I step in? Could I begin to live this way? When you return that tithe to the Lord, number one, your needs will be met. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. I'm not saying it won't be tough. I'm not saying that Murphy won't try to take you out. I'm not saying that the enemy won't try to attack. I'm not saying you won't still struggle with some things, but God will provide 
provide. God will provide. Those are not a preacher's words. These are the words of the Lord that God says, I got you. I got you. I got you. Pandemic or no pandemic, I got you. Whether the NASDAQ is looking good or bad, I got you. Whether the stock market is up or down, I got you. No matter what silver or gold is doing, no matter what the dollar is doing against the pound, I got you. God's kingdom and God's economy is above our economy. And I am declaring when I return the tithe to the Lord, I live in a different kingdom. I serve a different king. I, I'm under a different economy. And God, you, you, you promised according to your word that you got me, that you're going to take care of me. Number two, it opens the floodgates of heaven. Verse 10b, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Number three, it activates God's pest control. I love this one. Verse 11, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And so when we moved into our log home, I became acutely aware of the need for pest control. And I got Tim Horton almost on speed dial, and, 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 and he's got me in his system, and he's got four times a year. And I'll pay, I'll pay that bill every time because it doesn't matter how well the living room is decorated if the very foundation of your home is being eaten away. And can I tell you, that's what the world is lying to you. They're lying to every, every commercial, every credit card commercial. They're lies, 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 because they're telling you it's about spending, spending, spending. Get all the apples when the termites of the enemy are eroding the very financial foundation and structure of your home. You can't get enough apples to make you happy. You can't get enough apples to make you satisfied. You can't get enough apples. And so when I'm sitting on the front porch on my Friday, which is my Sabbath, and it's my sun drop day, and those are two good things combined. I got my Sabbath and my sun drop. Come on, I'm having a moment with Jesus just thinking about it. And I'm reading on my front porch, and the sunlight is coming down. But when I hear, have you ever heard a carpenter bee? Have you heard those things? You can hear them chewing. And that's when I get on the phone. I'm like, Tim, I need, I need you. I need some pest control. Have you ever been there where you can hear the enemy chewing? He's chewing. He's trying to chew away at your marriage. He's trying to chew away at your kids. He's trying to chew away at your peace. He's trying to chew away at your joy. He's trying to chew away. He's trying to chew away. 2020 has like been the year of, man, we just hear, I feel like I hear the enemy. And he's just chewing away, chewing away. But if we live under the tithe, then we live under God's provision and protection. And God says, I'm not going to let the enemy erode the very foundation of your life. God's got you. He's got you. Number four, the ideas, projects, ventures that you begin will be brought to full fruition. That business that you start will prosper in the name of Jesus. Your educational opportunity, you're not going to flunk out in your sophomore year in the name of Jesus. I see you graduating. I see the things that you begin in your life brought to fruition because the word of God says, the vines in your field will not drop their fruit until they're ripe. I speak ripe fruit over you in Jesus' name. And then it's a testimony of God's goodness to those around you. 
We're not blessed just in and of ourselves. We're blessed. We are always blessed to be a blessing. I'm reminded of the story I read not too long ago of a guy named Mike. True story. And so when Mike came to Jesus, came to salvation when he was 11 years old, and, and Mike was 35, and he was just frustrated. He was frustrated at his own complacency. He felt like he was not making a, a difference, a big impact for the kingdom of God. And so, so Mike just started with the word of God. And he said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start diving into the word of God. And he started, and he, and he memorized 2,000 verses, 2,000 verses of scripture at 35. How many of you know that's a, that's a pretty good accomplishment, even like when you're eight and your brain's like all kinds of plastic and, and can like the plasticity of those neurons at 35, it's a little bit harder to and you know uh, to learn new things and to gather all that in but he learned 2,000 verses of scripture and then he went down to Phoenix Arizona there was a conference there and he felt like he he should go down there and he didn't have hardly any money didn't have hardly any money and so he goes down there and he he couldn't even afford a hotel room and he has to room with 11 other guys in this small uh, uh, house to, in order to attend this conference and he's sitting in this conference and the preacher was taking up an offering for some of the needs of the, the conference and he felt like the Lord told him, Mike, give $200 in this offering and he just told the Lord, God, but that's all I have. And he felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of nudged him and said, well, I didn't ask for any more. He said, okay, I'll give it. And so he gave the $200. On top of that, he felt like the Lord told him, Mike, when you return, I want you to begin, when you go back to your job, I want you to begin to not only tithe, but give $100 per month over and above your tithe. Again, Mike didn't have it to give, but he stepped out in obedience. The next couple of months, uh, the Lord said, I want you to increase that to 200 and then to 500 and then to $1,000, $1,000 per month over and above your tithe. Now, how many of you know there was a change in situation that went on between those things as well? See, God started blessing his business. He started, started blessing, and Mike started seeing this income come in, and, and the Holy Spirit just kept going. He said, Mike, I want I want you to give 2000 a month over and above your tithe, then 5000 then 10000 then 20000 then 30000 then 50000 per month over and above the tithe, then 100000 And when it hit $100,000 per month over and above the tithe to God's kingdom, Mike said this. He said, God, I want to give $10 million to the kingdom. And you know what he felt like the Lord told him? He felt like the Lord said, son, why? are you boxing me in? And Mike said, oh, okay, my bad. And so at the time of the writing, at the time of this story, Mike is currently giving $150,000 per month over and above his tithe and offering. He's living on like 10 or 15% of his income. And I'm reminded of the scripture that says this, seek ye first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things will be added unto you with heads bowed and eyes closed in this place. Can I ask you, can I humbly ask you, would you allow your pastor to ask you this question today? Is God first? Is he first? Can I ask, can I push a little more? Can I ask you permission? I love you. I care about you. I want to see you blessed. Can I push a little more? 
if somebody were to look at your bank account, would they know that God is first? Is what you're doing with your dollars a proclamation of the desire of your heart? Are you living under the blessing of the Malachi 3 covenant promises? If you're not, this is what I'm believing for. I'm believing during COVID-19, November, Thanksgiving week of during COVID-19, I'm believing, believing for 100 families that call Multiply Church home would hit, the, would hit the reset button on your finances. And maybe, maybe you need to go back and rewatch this message together if you're married as a husband and wife. Or maybe you just need to, to have a time this week where you, you get the kids out of the, the room and, and just sit down and re-listen to this message and say, God first. God first. God first. I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship him every, every day. God first. We're going to make church a priority in our home. God first and in our finances God first I'm believing for a hundred families to make that step I, I believe with all my heart that this stuff works I know it does I've seen it time and time again I've seen it in my own life I've seen it in other people's lives when you follow God's principles you get God's results and so I just encourage you to do that in Jesus' name. And I want to pray for those that have engaged that prayer, that Malachi 3 covenant. God, I speak the provisions of the kingdom, the provisions of the kingdom. I don't speak the provisions of the economy, although we're thankful for it. And we're thankful that it's rebounded and how you're using those things. I'm not mad at those things, God, but... I speak the provision of a higher economy of the kingdom of heaven. I pray that you would rebuke the devourer, rebuke the pests that are trying to eat away at the foundation of people's lives. And I pray that then you would step in and bring us into God first, God first, God first in Jesus' name.